0: Controls will have to be imposed, and, 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 and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Half. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your
1: mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional ideas.
0: Wake up, Aaron.
1: This is only the beginning.
0: Dude, you just blew my mind, Tim Foil Hat. Tim
1: foil yeah. Hat. And welcome to another episode of Tim Foil Hat. You know who I am. You know who I'm here to do. Join me as always, XG in the place to be. How are you, brother?
2: I'm doing good, dude. Good, good.
1: Things are great, what man. Mean? We just got back from a very successful. Washington trip. Uh, man, it was one of the best weekends ever doing stand-up.
2: A solid love. A lot of people took pictures. Lot you guys had these tinfoil hats. Lot it was fun. It looked like a lot of fun. Love,
1: love dude. I'm so blessed. Was I'm, it cold? Oh, no, it wasn't that bad. No? I just don't know how. I mean, it's cold. I got but. a
2: question for you. Is New Jersey cold? Yeah. Yeah? I got I got something for you.
1: Okay. All right. This is going to be fun. While he's doing that, guys, Um, what is this? Oh my God, dude, that is so nice. What do you think, man? Thank you, dude. That is so nice. You're a G, dude. Yep. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That's very nice, UXG. It's <laughs> cold out there. I was like, he's got to wear something were you dope. you Like, she got me a tinfoil hat. Uh, it's like a Raiders jacket, basically. Jacket, dude. That's great. Dude. Says, oh, huh? You're wonderful, dude. You I go. appreciate you. So the shows are great. We got a lot of great shows coming up. Go put on the um uh what do we got this week we got uh this weekend chaos we're at comedy chaos is tomorrow night then we have uh, uh we're in new jersey we're at the tiffs comedy club
2: fuck yeah
1: right we first shows pretty much sold out second shows uh tickets are moving quickly myself xg it's gonna be a great time come out and rock i have to figure out what t-shirt to bring out there what t-shirt do you think we should bring let's bring them that
2: one fuck it all right, we'll do it. I'll have Let's them see. bring some. Or let them tell us.
1: Um, so there's that. Then at the end of the month, we are going to Arizona. That's right. Tim Fall hat in Arizona. We are on the 28th. We are at the, is it the 28th or the 29th? What does it say? It's the 28th. The 28th, we are at the House of Comedy in Phoenix. That's a Friday, 7.30 show. And then, it's not on there, but Tucson, we are doing the following night, which is... uh, No, so Thursday is the Phoenix show, and Friday is the...
2: The Thule show. Is the Tucson Tucson. show.
1: So, boom. Great stuff going on. Uh, This show is brought to you by our good friends at... at, Oh, my God. I'm off today. But... By our good friends at Absolute Extract. That's right. Absolute Extract. Go to abx.org. They are the premier marijuana, cannabis, CBD, all that stuff. It is on lockdown. It is a wonderful time to be alive. You name it, they have it. High production. I mean, it's got everything. Pens. Um, they got stuff. They got beer. They got weed beer. They got weed beer. We used to call that bong water, but you know what? <laughs> Apparently, they they figured that stuff out. So everything you need, just go check them out. They're sponsoring the comedy uh, Comedy Chaos, so uh, they're a big part of the show. So we appreciate them. And then also go to our good friends at BetDSI, BetDSI for all your bet needs. Use the promo code Hat one hundred, and you will get they whatever you deposit in, you'll they'll double that up to five hundred dollars. And it is a wonderful time to be betting UFC what else do we got um ufc baseball starting foot football's not going basketball's heating up ufc
2: soccer can't forget about ufc soccer's
1: dope yeah it's so dude it's great man so make that money go to our good friends check them out i I do parlays on every ufc game i'm probably going to put a little money on the dodgers this year did you see what the cubs did for brody
2: oh that was amazing dude that was that was phenomenal how nice was that
1: that's so nice, dude. That's so nice. So go check out that. Go to uh, betteeside.com and use the promo code HAT100. And then go to uh, Caveman Coffee. Caveman Coffee for all of your coffee teas. You name it. They got it. They have cool canisters. They got, I mean, they got everything, dude. Look at that. Go down. Nitro. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's independently owned. So we're going to help out people. Go to, uh, go to Caveman Coffee. Use the promo code PUNCH drunk, and you will get 15% off your, your first thing. I love cups, I love thermostats. Today, I, was at, I was at the show, and I was asking a guy if you got a cool Christmas gift. He goes, yeah. I go, what? I go, a thermostat? That's men. That's what we get for Christmas. Thermostats, <laughs> socks, ties. What would you get, Aaron? Uh, I all right. All right. That went well. So that's the business. <laughs> Boom. Get in, get out. Very excited to have our guest here today. Um, I'm very excited. He's a big get, and we're super excited you can come by the show. Um, He is one of the top UFO researchers in the world. He is a uh, former uh, British intelligence, was in charge of investigating UFOs and all that stuff. I'm so excited to have him on. He's going to blow our minds today. Please welcome Nick Pope, everybody. How are you, Nick?
0: Fine, thank you very much. It's great to be on the show.
1: For uh, some of our fans that don't know you, some of our listeners, can you tell them a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. I worked for the British government for 21 years at the Ministry of Defense, which is our British equivalent of your Department of Defense here. I was a civilian employee. I did, I guess, in that 21-year career, about seven or eight different jobs. And I'm best known for one I did in the 90s, where, as you say, I ran the British government 's UFO project, my job was to research and investigate the phenomenon to see if there was anything of any potential uh, defense interest to the nation and it was absolutely fascinating as you can imagine
1: yeah I mean well, well let 's start off by saying that UFO does not necessarily mean alien, correct it means basically unidentified flying objects, so that could be a lot of different things um. How did you get in that department? How did they just move you to researching that? You basically were the X-Files of the British government, huh?
0: Yes, they just posted me into that job. Every three or four years, you get moved around by the personnel department. And I just happened to be due for a move at exactly the time the UFO job became available. And someone said to me, would you like to do this job? And I said, why not? But you're absolutely right. As you say, UFO does not mean... It does not mean alien spacecraft. It is simply that, uh, unfortunately, the pop culture baggage of the term has resulted in that misperception. Most of what we were doing turned out after investigation to be aircraft lights, weather balloons, satellites, meteors. But we never said never. And obviously, if there's something unidentified in British airspace, we needed to know you know, who, what, when, why,
1: where. Wow, what an interesting job to go into, man.
0: Did
2: you go in there thinking there was aliens or skeptic or how did you go in there thinking?
1: That's such an interesting like department just to be thrown into.
0: Yes, I mean, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no interest in the subject. I had no particularly strong beliefs either way. And I think looking back, that was absolutely the best way to go into that job because i didn't go in with any preconceived belief system whether it was true believer or diehard debunker i just went in and said look i don't know what i am going to find i'm going to investigate each and every case to the best of my ability and go where the data took me and that's exactly what i did
1: so so do you remember what your first case was
0: actually i don't but I'm I'm pretty sure that statistically it probably turned out to have a conventional explanation because nine out of ten times, that's exactly what we found. So I, I really can't looking back. In a sense, you know, when you start that job, every case looks different. After the three or four years that I spent there, they all kind of look the same. And And now looking back, no, it's it's a. It's a strange thing. I simply can't remember what my first f- case was.
1: Now, doing this job, did it change your view on anything? Did you learn more? Did you learn that, hey, man, something's going on? Did you learn that nothing's going on? What, what, what did you get from that job? And, and, and obviously, you got enough from it because it led you into this uh, incredible career you've had so far talking about this stuff. I know you travel the world talking about this. What did you learn on this job?
0: Well, I guess that the thing that surprised me was that although obviously there are some fairly kind of colorful characters in this field, and and as I said at the outset, most of the cases turn out to have these these mundane explanations, but what surprised me was that going back decades, both in the UK and in the US, there were some better and more convincing cases. And I'm talking about the sorts of things where the witnesses were maybe... Uh, pilots or um, military personnel and cases where ufos were tracked on military radar performing speeds and maneuvers that we couldn't match and cases where we got hold of fairly good quality photographs or videos that even our own intelligence community imagery analysts weren't able to find a conventional explanation for they weren't hoaxes uh, they weren't misidentifications. What were they? We don't know. What I didn't do, though, is I didn't get sucked into this kind of true believer mindset where where everyone kind of figures we've got crashed spaceships and dead aliens hidden away in Air Force hangars somewhere. If, if that is a real thing, and I'm, I'm not sure it is, but I'm afraid they didn't tell me. It certainly doesn't seem to be the situation in the UK, and I'm not, I'm not sure that it's the situation in the US either. I think that the real kind of dirty secret about UFOs might be that contrary to what people think or a lot of people think, the government doesn't know the answers here. We don't have one of these things hidden away. The, the dirty secret is that even government doesn't really have a handle on what's going on. There's something, there's something in our airspace. Like I say, we, we chase them in jets from time to time. We track them on radar, but we don't really know what it is.
1: So when, when you know, that, that whole New York Times article came out, what was your thought? That was a big moment in the UFO industry. What's your, what was your whole take on that?
0: Well, I was very pleased that that story did come out. I had not been – I mean, I left the, the Ministry of Defence in 2006 and uh, never worked for the U.S. government in any capacity. So I, I did not have any insight knowledge about this program, but it didn't surprise me that there was a program. And it's, in a way, it, it, it staggers me how little – um, comeback there's been over this because if if you remember for years the the u.s government successive administrations said no no we we had a program called project blue book we closed it down in 1969 but we are no longer interested in this and no one's investigating and then the new york times turned around and blew this story uh, wide open uh, the the post published it too and politico and suddenly it was major mainstream news media coverage that despite all these denials, yeah, they there was a programme after all. So it it didn't surprise me. I was glad to see it out there. I'm surprised how little um kind of fallout there's been over the fact that for years they were basically pushing a line on this which which was not true. But this story, you know, it's still unfolding. I know from various sources that there is congressional interest in this. The Senate armed services committee has interviewed some of those. Remember those, those videos that we all saw of Navy jets chasing the UFOs. Yeah. So, so
1: Nick, do you not believe in any of this is I'm starting to think that you don't believe in any kind of advanced technology, uh, that, you know, uh, Area fi- area what's it fifty one is that what's area called 51, yeah. area yeah. fifty one all that stuff you don't believe in any of that
0: oh I mean I I believe that there is advanced technology but the real question is is it ours is it in other words is it is it part of say the U S government's secret prototype um, aircraft drones missiles kind of next generation things that that are so kept so secret and so compartmentalized that even other parts of government don't know the full story or which would be even more worrying. Is it something Russian or Chinese or Iranian or North Korean that's, that's probing our air defenses to see how, how sophisticated and good our, our air defense network is in terms of radar coverage or is it something else? And I, I, I don't have I'm you know, I'm not one of these people that that talks about this and says, I've got all the answers to this. And I'm very wary in this field. I hear it's one of the great ironies. People who do this as an interest and a hobby, they're often far more certain about this than those of us who've looked at this from within government and. And those of us who have looked at it from within government, we're not afraid to say we don't know. And I I don't know. Do you think the
1: government would say if they did
0: know? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. (laughs) You know, it's kind of hardwired into us, the default position, even in these days of Freedom of Information Act, the default position is say nothing. And if you have to say something, say as little as possible. So (laughs) – yeah i probably wouldn't say
1: so these uh these you know we we always see like in phoenix there was that big thing where there were those lights in the sky did you ever run across anything kind of crazy where you couldn't explain it
0: oh absolutely i i started by saying that most of these sightings had conventional explanations but please don't think i'm I am trying to debunk the okay, whole thing. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, I, I wasn't sure. No,
0: <laughs> never, I never, never throw out the baby with the bathwater. Oh, we I, had, <laughs> I mean, over the years, the British government looked at about 12,000 different cases. And over the years, a sizable proportion of these, look, even if it's only, you know, two, three, four, five percent but it all adds up. So we have in our case files, uh, hundreds of cases which were much more difficult To explain and and those yeah absolutely i never say never with this sort of thing so i'm not i'm not saying there's no such thing as as aliens i think chances are there are extraterrestrials out there in the universe and in terms of whether we've ever been visited one of my favorite phrases about all of this is that the skeptics have to be right every day but the believers only need to be right one single time and we are in absolute game-changing, paradigm-busting territory.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a crazy time, right? I mean, if you look at the, like the advance in technology, some people think that comes from reverse technology, reverse engineering. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like a lot of such as like. Wh- who invented the microwave? How did the microwave come out of nowhere? Everyone's like, dude, that just came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, boom, That like reverse technology, reverse engineering. Any thoughts on that?
0: Sure. I, I mean, I know that it's obviously one of the great central beliefs of a lot of people in the UFO community that an alien spaceship crashed in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947, and that slowly but surely the intelligence community, the military kind of figured out bits and pieces of this and uh drip fed some of that tech out into the the kind of private sector with u.s corporations i i'm not convinced about that i mean i i think we kind of do a disservice to human ingenuity and to to the scientists to the engineers to say like oh well that came from aliens i i think we're pretty smart and we can figure things out and we can build things. Right. Um, but I, I don't rule any of these more exotic theories out. And yeah, absolutely. Area 51 exists. It's real. It's just, as I say, a question of is that where we build our next generation of aircraft and drones? Or is it where we take the secret stuff that crashed? I don't know the answer to that question, I'm, I'm afraid.
1: When you went and investigated, did you find any evidence of, let's say, alien life?
0: No, no, no absolute smoking gun. But over the years, myself and my predecessors built up a database of of case files. And, you know, we are just in the final throes now of of what's taken 11 years to declassify and release what turned out to be around 60,000 pages of documents, some of which were classified at levels of secret UKIs only. Talking about some of these amazing cases, I mean, the, some of the military sightings I, I staggered me. When you ha- when you have pilots, people with years of service in the military, talking about huge triangular-shaped craft moving from a virtual hover. To very high max speeds in in just a few seconds, something like that. Yeah, my my skepticism was challenged absolutely, and still is, and still is.
1: Wow, that's so interesting. So, w- what's your take on alien life right now? What is? I see you do some speeches on it. What is your take on that whole thing? Do you, are there aliens?
0: I mean, is there? Yes. Why 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 not in in a a universe over 14 or or around 14 billion years old um, with trillions upon trillions of of stars and the more we find out about the universe the closer we seem to be coming to zeroing in on earth-like planets orbiting sun-like stars and i think it's a case of you know throw the dice enough times and the same numbers come up and and there 's nothing unless you thought there was something literally magical about planet Earth, then all all the same factors that gave rise to life here all, all the you know the, the the elements the the chemistry doesn't change and I think as I say, if you throw the dice enough times uh, you'll find that life probably emerged elsewhere in the universe and in in terms of I guess evolution and and Darwinian philosophy intelligence seems to be one of a number of survival strategies that that seems to work and be pretty good at least for us. So there's no reason why life shouldn't as it does here on earth kind of evolve to become increasingly complex and increasingly smart and yeah if that means intelligent aliens out there why not and why wouldn't they be doing exactly the same sort of things that we're now beginning to do in other words look outside and beyond our own world and try to find out what's out there and just as we're taking our first baby steps into the wider cosmos maybe others are doing the same thing and in a universe nearly 14 billion years old just imagine the head start that even a civilization with a million years advanced on us might have achieved, and and ask what that technology might look like. It's it's intriguing. It's fascinating.
1: It, it's such an interesting thing. Uh, what was the typical call that you would
2: get? And like, was it like uh, abductions? Any abductions? Yeah, crazy like,
1: like, like I that? mean, like, like like it's just. I just think there's aliens out there. I just think there's tons of stuff out there. I mean i don't know man it's kind of crazy right now i just think that this i believe in ufos man do you believe in aliens
2: yeah fuck yeah, yeah. and they've been pushing on it on us like they like well like eddie bravo said they're yeah. throwing it at us so that when it comes we're kind of just gonna just be used to it how yeah they throw well shit i mean like when us.
1: he they announced that 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 we had a ufo program nobody cared oh no nobody cared do you think we've been visited
0: I'm not sure about that but I hope we have. I mean as I as I say the the I think the world would be more interesting with aliens in it than not. And and I I don't rule it out but to to go back to your point about your question about the typical call i guess yeah we got some abduction cases and we got some crop circles and we got (laughs) we got because you can't run a ufo program without getting anything weird and wonderful we got people who said that they were psychic and wanted to volunteer their services to the intelligence community and we got people who said that they'd seen ghosts on military bases so we really were the real life x-files unit but that's crazy (laughs) i know but (laughs) average call i guess the absolute average call probably started with an apology and it was look i'm really sorry i i hope you don't think i'm crazy and i hope you don't think i'm wasting your time but i saw something and it blew my mind and then they would go on to to talk about a ufo sighting
1: so when you lecture do you just you're you go out and basically just talk about what you learned or do you talk about UFOs and aliens and all that stuff?
0: I try to start off by very narrowly sticking to what I absolutely know. And, and when I do that, I say to people, don't just take my word for it. Like, you know, there are a lot of kind of fairly crazy claims in this field. And a lot of people tell stories about this subject, which are not necessarily true. But everything that I discuss whether it's on television, radio, uh, or public talks, wherever it is, I say to people, look, go back and check all the files that I worked on, all the documents that I wrote are now in the process of being declassified and released by the British government itself. They're going out onto the Ministry of Defence website. They're going out to our national archives. So Don't just take my word for it. Everything I talk about can be absolutely 100% verified uh, on these official databases. So that's where I start out. But later on, sure, I will speculate, and I will say now I'm moving away from what I know, and I'm telling you what I think. And I'm not afraid to have a little bit of fun with this and ask all those kind of interesting and different and fun what-if questions. What if we are being visited? What would the effects be on politics, religion, philosophy, science, technology, all those areas of the human experience? Because I think those are the interesting questions, getting away from the sort of skeptic versus believer, is it or isn't it debate and saying, well, if it is, what next?
1: Yeah, I mean, I-, I think if aliens come, religion goes out the door, right?
2: Dude, I, it'd be a shit show. Just imagine, like you just said, not t- technology would be out thrown. we got shitty technology because their go shit's out the better. Door. Like, people would just break their iPhone. They want the new fucking alien shit.
1: Hey, is the queen a lizard person?
0: <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> You've met her? i uh, I, I well, you know what? <laughs> One time when I was in the um, in, in the Ministry of Defence main headquarters building, she did a visit, and I guess. I didn't get any uh, briefing time with her personally, but uh, she kind of walked past me about three feet away. And uh, all, all of us in the UK have have great respect for her. So, well, no, uh, absolutely no lizards there. Okay, <laughs> I,
1: I'm 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 open to it, though, dude. I think something's going on. I think something's... So, we do have advanced technology. We hear about weapons all the time. A heart attack gun. Um, the DARPA affects the weather. I mean, that stuff, is that alien technology or just, I mean, just human ingenuity?
0: I think it's human ingenuity. And I think, I mean, you're right, particularly because so much of that tech has military applications and we don't want it getting to the bad guys. Um, it is kept under very close wraps and there are things out there that we have, whether it's it's next generation aircraft or whether it's other things there are things that we have that you won't see publicly acknowledged for 10, 20, 30 years or more
1: yeah so i mean like i mean my buddy his dad used to work at this uh Chicago Institute of Technology and he said he saw an alien ship he said he had to go downstairs on his on his floor this floor he's never been to and there was an alien ship, man. I think something's out there. I got to be honest with you, man. I think there's... Well,
0: here's, here's a nice conspiracy theory, though. I love and it. This Are is, you anti-conspiracy, Nick? Well, not always, but most of the time. But here's, <laughs> here's... Try this one for size. What if the conspiracy isn't that the government knows about aliens and it's covering it up? But what if that is all human tech? But we wanted to hide it from the Russians or the Chinese. What better way, even with our own people, than saying, hey, it's aliens. So, you know, you're, you're, um, the, the person you talked about, that was a real thing, but it wasn't alien at all. We built it, but we told okay. people it was aliens because when rumors get back to the Russians and they say, hey, the Americans have got aliens – the, the KGB, they say, that's just crazy stuff. That's obviously not true. And all the time it is true. We've built this amazing thing, but they don't pay any attention to it because they think it's a crazy alien story.
1: So do you, don't, you don't believe in time travel, multiple dimensions? Clones?
0: Any of that stuff? I, I don't <laughs> rule it out. And, you know, going back to that story about the Pentagon's UFO program, just a few weeks ago – I acquired, um, I was the first person to publish it, a a letter that the Defense Intelligence Agency sent to Congress about this because Congress, of course, asked, hey, what the heck were you doing here? What, What were you researching and investigating? What were you hoping to find out? And they published a list of 38 studies and... I don't know if you saw this in the media, but it, it, they covered things like anti-gravity, invisibility, uh, wormholes, warp drive. So I, I absolutely – I'm not sitting here trying to debunk all this. And And yeah, there are parts of the government that are seriously looking at these sorts of things. And I wouldn't rule out them looking at things like other dimensions. I mean in a sense – that research is already going on at the Large Hadron Collider in, uh, in, in at CERN. Time travel? Why not? The, there are a couple of professors who've published papers on time travel. So why not? I mean, you, you know, like I say, I don't rule any of this out. But I'm I'm just saying that that doesn't necessarily come from from crashed spaceships. Right, okay. Human beings are pretty ingenious, ingenious ourselves, and maybe we. Maybe we thought up these sorts of things.
1: Uh, So you recently did a uh, workshop on alien religion. Is that something?
0: Well, my question was kind of pretty much what you said earlier. What would be the effects on our religions, uh, whatever denomination? And uh, all the religions say, they talk a good talk here. They say, oh, yeah, we'd, we'd be robust enough to incorporate this into our, our, our kind of beliefs. But I don't believe a word of it. I, I think it would, it would challenge them all and, and they'd, they'd have to kind of think of some, some new thing for us. And, uh, you know, if, 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 it under, if, if it undermines religion and, and religion becomes a thing of the past, well, you know, maybe that would be a good thing. So
1: when you went on Tucker Carlson, and uh, what did you talk about? I'm trying to figure out, so you're a UFO expert, but you don't believe well, in UFOs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't say I don't believe. I say I keep an open mind on it, but I'm not one of these people who's going to tell you we've got crashed spaceships and dead aliens unless I have seen it myself. So mm-hmm. this is a field, This is, I mean, my biggest problem with the civilian ufo community is that people make all these unverified claims now in government if you make a claim you'd done well better be able to back it up with absolutely verifiable you can take that to the bank facts not just i i heard a story from a friend who said that he had a friend who said that there was something hidden in a, a an air force hangar that doesn't cut it it, it may be good, but going back to your question in
1: Britain, Sean, it doesn't cover it, but cut, cut it. But here it does. I mean, like Russian collusion, well, uh, weapons of mass destruction. I, it's just unbelievable, dude. It's just well, like it's really tragic.
0: It it may cut it, but it shouldn't. I mean, no, I agree with that. We we should be looking at this subject in a proper scientific way, trying to look at the data, analyze the cases properly, use algorithms and maybe AI to look for patterns and and see whether there's something that human analysts have, have missed. I know that this doesn't probably sound as exciting and sexy as running around like Fox Mulder and Dana Scully with a flashlight and a gun, but unfortunately that's real government UFO work. And It's still exciting, but it's not quite like you see on TV. Now, to answer your question, what did Tucker Carlson ask me about this? I mean, he, of course, saw those Navy videos of the jets chasing UFOs uh, like we all did. And he said, hey, you know, what's going on? What has the government been doing on this? And I said, well, they've been doing something, but goes back to the point. We know that there's congressional interest in this. We probably need formal congressional hearings To get to the bottom of exactly what the government was doing, what they uh, think about this and what they know about this.
1: So in your life, in your career of uh, intelligence, like, I mean, is the world a crazy place? Is it a bad place? Is it a loving place? Did you, are the Russians the bad guys? Who are the bad guys?
0: Oh, you know, there's good and bad guys on, on all sides uh, and And you know somebody who 's your enemy today may be your friend tomorrow. I mean human history shows us that that alliances are formed and shift and then flip all the time i mean uh you know there's there's kind of good and bad everywhere, and I think it you know in a sense we should always try and look for the best in people and and at the end of the day when people when people say, well, you know, what do the Russians want? The average Russian probably wants the same as, as you or I. You know, kind of a safe environment for yourself and your family, um, good schools for your kids, good jobs for everyone. It's not rocket science.
1: Yeah. What did Russia actually – what is the thing that Russia do, did that makes them our enemy so badly? Like what have – you being intelligence – what is the thing that they've done?
0: Well, I guess going back a few years, it was the whole concept of Marxism-Leninism as a, a political philosophy that evolved, frankly, in, into a, a, a dictatorship where, where you know, they, they were torturing and imprisoning their own people, let alone sort of threatening uh, the West with destruction. So... In in many ways, if you look, certainly at the old Soviet regime, it it was a, dicta- a dictatorship. And certainly, if you look at someone like Joseph Stalin, in in terms of his philosophy and the evil that someone like that did, I mean, he's up there with with someone like Hitler, of course. Well, I hope we can get away from that. I hope we can get away from those old twentieth century. Dictators and and get into something a little bit more, I, I, I guess, soft and friendly. But you know, wherever you look, there are always, I guess, dangers of of new dictators emerging. But like I say, it goes back to the old point: the average person in the street, whether they're a U.S. citizen of or a Russian citizen, they don't want that.
1: Are we are we entering? Is the United States entering a? Uh- Hitler numbers? I mean, with these, we're going yeah. into our seventh uh, war. Are uh, there millions of people? We've uh, hundreds of thousands, at least if not millions, have died at these uh, endless wars in the last two decades. Now we're going to Venezuela. It's like, are we starting to enter that place?
0: No. And I know it's a cliche, but the fact, the fact that you can go on a show and make comments like that and not have some... Stormtrooper types turn up at your door and drag you away somewhere is kind of the answer to your question.
1: Yeah, but I think we are I mean our foreign policy is really not good. I mean we have a good here but I mean like I I Hitler was a horrible person but I what I'm seeing us do right now is just really like I think it's awful and I don't know who the bad guys are anymore. You know, I think I really question western philosophy and western uh policies right now you know a lot of people hate muslims i don't know why they hate muslims they're not bombing anybody we're bombing everybody we're going in we're 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 going into places and we are taking out elected officials putting our own guys in it's like i mean did the nazis even lose i mean they 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 lost the war but they all got basically you know they got
2: <laughs> thrown
1: into an, an expansion draft they joined the <laughs> russians and the united states and it just i don't know sometimes i think that's just a continuation of that stuff
2: or ended up in argentina yeah some of them Wait well, up, but i i do have know, a
0: question for you sir i um, think we'll have to agree to disagree on that and i mean certainly at the nuremberg trials after the second world war i mean many of the top nazis who weren't hadn't been killed or or didn't commit suicide were were put on trial and some some were executed
1: yeah some some were for sure For sure. But that will never happen now because the people in our government never get thrown on trial. They're just above the law. And it's I think it's a scary place to be right now. I mean, endless war. I mean, 19 years, man, we've
0: not counting the Obama. Well, I I shouldn't even make a joke about this, but, um, you know, I guess I will. The old definition of peace is a period of cheating between two wars. Yeah,
1: that sucks. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I mean just war seems to be they say it's the least violent time in the history of man, but I mean Yemen, what we're doing in Yemen is kind of disgusting, you know?
0: It's just But a, you know, for for every time you can point to a, a war or or something bad, there's still something good in, in human nature. And I mean look at what happens sure. following all the big natural disasters. For example, everyone rushes in to try to help with humanitarian aid, whether it's it's money or food or boots on the ground assistance. So, yeah, there's, there's bad stuff, but there's good stuff, too. I think sometimes the basic human instinct is to help people in trouble.
1: Yeah, I do. I do believe that. But unfortunately, we also have a, uh, I mean, the U.S. military is like everywhere now. There's no checks and balances. I think the United States is very interesting because we're like, we're, you know, we're the baby brother of Europe, of the U.K., Europe. Uh, you guys went through a very long period, which you had royal families and all that stuff. And I just feel like you guys still do. So, st- st- yep, we still do, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, n- maybe lizard people. We don't know. Um, <laughs> but you guys, have s- you guys know tyranny when you see it and you seem to put a foot down. I don't. We're, I feel like our corporations right now are are the new royals. They play above the law. They never really get, see any consequences for their actions.
2: Fucking Amazon.
1: I mean, just, it's like, it's insane. And I just think it's an interesting time. I get very nervous when we start thinking everybody on the other side's bad guys. When, you know, it's like my, uh, you know, I, on Facebook, I'm always getting hit up with people talking about Sharia law. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I want Sharia law, obviously. You know, who wants, I don't want anybody to tell me how to live my life. But I also go, like, we're bombing over there. We're, we are, we've, Obama ran out of bombs. There wasn't any more bombs. They couldn't drop anymore because they ran out of bombs. You know, this pipeline that we want to put through Syria, this stuff just like makes me super sad. You know, I just think that we got to kind of watch ourselves if we think that, you know, that side's really bad and this side's really good. I still don't. I mean, I understand the the political uh, system Russia has and China has, which, I mean, we work with China, like every business and corporation and politician works with China. I don't. So I don't know. Like, do you ever get worried about how close we work with China?
0: Nick? Not not particularly. I mean, I think it goes back to the point there have always been alliances formed. And sometimes just in the way of the world, we have to do business with people that that maybe don't share all of our values. But I think. I think a good question to ask yourself, and it goes back to the point I made about your, your, your right, your absolute right to make critical comments against your own regime. It is always a very good test of any individual country, how critical you can be of your own country and what the consequences are. And if the consequences are that somebody sends you an angry message on Facebook, but that's about it, then you're probably in a pretty good place comparatively, if the consequences are you are dragged off to some dungeon and and you know tortured or or worse, then not so much
1: yeah, I mean right now we have what's her name Chelsea Manning she's in jail right now because she won't give any information out on on um the WikiLeaks situation what's your take on WikiLeaks right now i know I know you were intelligence and that involved you know. Bunch of uh, basically a bunch of emails from high ups in governments. What's your take on WikiLeaks?
0: Well, I think there is in any Free open and democratic society obviously there has to be a place for responsible whistleblowing and And indeed there is that that is enshrined into the law through through various acts But I think there is a danger In taking this too far and what i see from time to time is people who take it upon themselves to become almost like the judge of what the american people should and shouldn't be allowed to see and those people without necessarily being the subject matter experts decide that needs to be put into the public domain and i think that's where it gets very irresponsible and i've seen things on wikileaks for example, talking about how um, – well, I, I'm not even going to go into the details, but certain points about military doctrine and tactics that if it was read by people not favorably disposed towards the U.S., it would help them kill more members of the U.S. military by by simply explaining how how – soldiers go about their business in operational theaters. So I think when I see that sort of stuff kind of leaked into the public domain and when the consequences are that young men and women serving overseas are are more likely to come back in a body bag, then I I get annoyed about that. So, yes, there's a place for whistleblowing, but that doesn't mean that people should be self-appointed arbiters of what gets – Put out there and what doesn't
1: but did you have a problem with them with wikileaks releasing that we were torturing people i mean if, if we allow this things that these things to happen we become the people we hate right i mean those are legit things that like okay our our the uh the lady who is in charge of cia now basically created our torture program i mean I, I, do you have a problem with that, with some of the stuff that was leaked about Hillary Clinton? Like, we found out a lot about Hillary Clinton from those WikiLeaks. Do you have a problem with that?
0: Generally, if if something is legitimately in the public domain, and the, the, like I say, there is plenty of whistleblower legislation that allows for information to be brought to the attention of people and gives immunity um, and, and some – degree of protection but i mean i i'm not i'm not a lawyer i mean my view is that if the law allows it then that's that's fine and if the law doesn't allow it then there's your answer and and that after all is what the checks and the balances are between the executive and the judiciary
1: yeah i uh i Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Ideally, but I, I I see that we have a real problem with checks and balances right now. I don't think there are any checks and balances. I mean, we see Debbie Wasserman Schultz interviewing somebody about election fraud. Like, why is she interviewing anybody about anything? I mean, she basically handy. She basically rigged the DNC's primary. I just don't see... Now, when you were working in intelligence, did you ever... Run, I know you can't get anything specific, obviously, but did you run into anything where you saw, like, oh, man, our government's doing something that I maybe it's... I don't agree with.
0: Like, No, so, I didn't. Nothing at no. all? No.
1: Okay. That's interesting. I, did, I mean, so... It's interesting, man. I just think that we need checks and balances. I think that Ah, uh, whistleblowing is very important. I think WikiLeaks done a very good job. I think it's important to get you know torture because if, if if our troops get captured, I want them to be treated with respect. So I think sure. we should treat and, the other and, troops. And I to.
0: don't get me wrong. I mean, I absolutely agree. I, I about the checks and the balances, and that's why we have we have, as I say, the the judiciary and the executive. And in the U.S., of course. Now, look, I'm I'm a Brit, so I'm. I'm now an honored guest in this great country. But in the U.S., you have extra uh, protection in terms of, of the Constitution. And, and then that gives the, the judiciary, I guess, an extra kind of angle with all this because you can always say, well, is this particular action constitutional? And then you have the role that the media can and does play in all of this, and the media, kind of as as the fourth estate, should also be doing its job in holding elected elected representatives and 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 government corporately uh, to account. So so everyone has a role to play in this, whether it's the executive, the judiciary, the media, and indeed citizens.
1: Yeah, I I unfortunately we've allowed our our media to be consolidated into like five people owning all of it. And then so now we have the internet and the internet is growing and you know we have the demonization of YouTube. Uh you know they're trying to make it like all the information on YouTube's bad and all the information on mainstream media is good. I mean checks and balances when, when being in intelligence when when something like uh the the uh, weapons of mass destruction happens you know, there are people believe that was an inside job. Uh, 9-11 was an inside job and that Dick Cheney was running the uh, basically just fishing for anything that could link, uh, you know, Saddam with weapons of mass destruction. What, what happens inside? is that is that is that just like it was a missed opportunity or did somebody basically abuse their power?
0: I don't know the answer to that. I mean, we we know on the whole WMD situation, of course, we know that certainly at one stage Saddam Hussein absolutely had chemical weapons because he used them. Yes. Um, and but that's, so not, the real weapons question that's was, not
1: nuclear weapons, though. I mean, chemical yeah, weapons. Was,
0: yeah. was he – yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether he was or was not trying – to, well at one stage he was trying to develop a program the question I suppose is did he actually have WMD when we went to war again and and you know in in I was not involved with that of course I I know well I know that in the British government we had a very detailed investigation into this afterwards called the the Iraq inquiry um, headed by John Chilcott, and and it They interviewed hundreds of witnesses. They looked at and they published freely on the website thousands of documents about this. And it was very difficult because at the end of the day, if you talk about, for example, a biological weapons program capability, um, that can be something as simple but as intangible as knowledge in the head of a handful of, of scientists. And it can be very quickly transitioned in into an actual program so these issues are never black and white but i want to go back to one other point that that you made about the media and just how this is in a handful of corporations i think the answer to that is citizen journal journalism yes and and i think that's a, a very good thing in any democracy citizen journalists if you are not happy With the media as you see it put out by the mainstream, go and do it yourselves, which I guess is exactly kind of what you're doing right now. And and the fact that this sort of thing can go on and that many, many people are doing it can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. We need more of it. Now YouTube's cracking down on everybody because nobody watches the news anymore. Uh, they they abused their power. I think they lost a lot of credibility during the Iraq war. And I think they've lost a lot of credibility on this Russian gate, too.
2: And with Trump calling it fake news. Yeah. I mean, I mean
1: Trump's just a very interesting, interesting guy. When we see are that, like nobody involved in the Iraq war, like do you ever see politicians being held accountable do we ever see them when they've uh, committed a war, they commit a war crime, do they ever get held accountable?
0: Well, certainly in history, we we see that happening yeah. time and time yeah. again. And I mentioned I mentioned obviously the the Nuremberg trials, but we now have um, the, the various international courts and and certainly a number of people, be they people like Saddam Hussein or. Uh, Slobodan Milosevic um, find themselves put on on trial afterwards for crimes not necessarily against other nations but very often of course for crimes against their own people and and so there are there are those places I guess in the West when we talk about political accountability the main political accountability is simply that if you don't like someone's policies, you vote them out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, What do you think about all the sweeping technology now with, uh, you know, that basically your phone is listening to you, uh, you know, the spying on that, all, all that different stuff that we see going on right now, Five Eyes, where it's like, you know, all these different countries spy on each other's Populations. Do you get worried about that, the right to privacy? I know you're British and they don't have the right to privacy, but that is something we have here. Does does it make you nervous that all these recording uh, devices are all out there?
0: Yes, absolutely. And in the UK, we we were probably the most surveilled society on the face of the planet in terms of the number of CCTV cameras per person and per square mile. Absolutely. Um, I think those sorts of privacy issues are very important. And, and it is important that we push back against the big media corporations when they try to collect personal data on us. And, and, you know, it is important that we educate ourselves as to what our rights are in terms of control of our own data and making sure that our own data do not end up in the hands of anyone that we don't want them to end up with so so and and yeah, I am a firm believer that I think the big tech companies don't make it as easy as they should for us to a find out exactly what they do know about us, you know who we are, where we shop, where we you know, visit. Uh, what restaurant we go to, what we order. Um, and, and secondly, that, that they retain that data. So I think, yeah, those those are big, important issues. The British government, by the way, published fairly recently a document called Global Strategic Trends. And the Global Strategic Trends Program, kind of relevant to the discussion we've having, we're having, because it, it looks forward about Forty years into the future, thirty, forty years into the future, and says what might be coming. And in this global strategic trends document, there is a lot written about personal privacy, data protection, uh, and 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 it says that in the future we may be so interconnected, and our devices, and the, the Internet of Things, and and our cell phones being being so so kind of um hooked into everything else that that you may have to almost pay to go off the grid to get away from all this electronic fog. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's a scary everywhere. world.
1: It's everywhere. Do you
2: know want... wait up. Do you know how many cameras the UK has right now? It has 4 <laughs> to 5.9 million cameras throughout the whole right. the whole UK. That's a lot of fucking cameras. You guys are already in the future.
0: <laughs> That's it's... that means that means that if you drop a a chip packet on the street, you you probably somebody sees you do that from about six different angles.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, and then when there's no cameras, it's always sh- suspicious. Yeah, you know. Um, so with this Russian gate, and then we'll wrap it up here. Russian gates coming out involved uh m, m i six right? Is it m i five m i five? Um,
0: well. It, yeah, there the was one former MI6 yeah, 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 officer steel. who went into the private sector and did this report. Yeah,
1: yeah. What's your whole thought on that whole thing with the FISA? I don't know if you've been following it. FISA, the wiretapping of an elected president. Uh, what's your whole take on that?
0: I have obviously been following it to some extent, just as as somebody who obviously does take a, an interest in what's going on in the world. But now that I no longer work for the British government, I have no. I don't, for example, hold unless I forgot to sign off on one. I don't hold a current security clearance, so I don't have any inside knowledge of this. I will just wait and see what these these various inquiries come out with, and and then I guess we'll be in interesting territory. But I don't I don't have any inside information that I can share on that, and I I don't particularly have any sense of which way it's going to go.
1: Can you explain to me Mr Bean? <laughs> Mr Bean. <laughs> yeah, everybody over there
0: loves Mr Bean. I don't Well, what about what I guess the UK yeah, we in the UK have always had this slightly offbeat humor that whether it's Mr Bean or whether it's Faulty Towers or whether it's Monty Python I, I think British humour is subtly different from US humour, but one thing I will say, which might just explain a little bit of Mister Bean, us Brits have always liked a little bit of slapstick mixed in with our comedy, and we've we've all we've always liked as well just the idea of the the little guy caught up in a situation, and and that. that of course is where. Where the phrase "sitcom" comes from—it's—it's it's the comedy that derives from the situation. So, well, look, I should not be uh, trying to tell you anything about comedy because you know a zillion times more about it than I do. Well, so that's my take.
1: Well, I appreciate you, Nick Pope. You're a wonderful man. I appreciate you spending some time on the show with us today. Uh, where do you want me, our our listeners, go check you out what, your website? Do you want which is yes,
0: Nick? Yeah, Nick nickpope.net is my website it has work about my it, it has information about my government work my various books and it links to my facebook and twitter account so nickpope.net
1: all right nick thank you so much for coming on the show we appreciate it we'd love to do it again soon and uh hopefully i'll be able to come check one of your seminars out. i'd love to see what you talk about this has been great thank you very much dude. i appreciate you
0: Thank you. It's been great to be on the show. And I've really enjoyed having the chance to talk in depth about some of these more interesting geopolitical events.
1: I love it, dude. Next time we'll have you on, we'll just do geopolitical. We won't even talk UFC. I'd love to yeah. just pick your mind. I, I, love, I love Brits. I do. I love Brits. So, dude, thanks for coming on, dude. You're G and everybody. We'll see you soon. Th- th- thank you for listening. Take care.